welcome, welcome, welcome to Christian Networking Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Pastor T, and Christian Networking Entrepreneurs is a platform for emerging entrepreneurs, community leaders, and small business owners. And we welcome you to the show today. Today we have a wonderful guest, which we always have wonderful guests because God has connected us to wonderful people. So today our guest is a community leader. Now that's something different. We've always talked to emerging entrepreneurs. We've always talked to small business owners. But today we're talking to a community leader. So my viewing audience, help me welcome Joy Kennedy. Joy, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so glad to be here. How I'm, are you? I am blessed by the best, and I'm so excited that you decided to join us today. So for you all that don't know, we want you to vote for Joy Kennedy for judge for the Domestic Relations Court. So you know how we normally do it. We talk to our um, entrepreneurs, our community leaders, our small business owners, and we find out their story. We want to know, how did you get to where you are today? So the first question on the table, Joy, is tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I hope you have time. I got I time. Hope you have we got time. about an hour. Well, we have about an hour. Ooh, no problem. Well, born and raised right here in Cleveland, Ohio. I am an East Sider. I grew up in East Cleveland, attended East Cleveland City Schools, Roselle Elementary School, Kirk Middle School is what it was called at the time, and Shaw High School. Graduated from Shaw High School in 1991. Very, very proud Shaw, Car Shaw Cardinal. All right. I am one of two children. My mom. My mom is Janine Johnson Hogan. My dad is James Johnson. Okay. And my brother is James Johnson Jr. He is involved with a lot of radio and internet services, so you may have known him over the years, but it was just the two of us. Yeah, I know Joy. I mean, James and Joy. Go ahead. Close-knit family. Close-knit family. Grandparents uh, raised in a community. You know how it says it takes a village to raise a family, and we were blessed to have that, both of our grandparents, for a very long time. I graduated from Shaw, and I went to college. I went to an HBCU, All right, Hampton. historically bad college. Woo Hampton University, that's my home by the sea. I went to Hampton, and I majored in social work. Received my social work degree from Hampton, and I then went on to Virginia Commonwealth University to receive my master's degree. Right. So I have an undergraduate degree as well as a master's degree in social work. Then... I worked in various areas uh, on the social work continuum, and I say that because I've worked with the babies mm -hmm. in our Head Start program and our daycare facilities, identifying what their needs are early on. With children, you want to find out what is impacting them now, so okay. that if we need to do anything, put services in place treat them for anything we can do that early on not right. when they're a lot older and struggling in school but as soon as possible so I've worked with young young children but then I've worked all the way up to our elderly and in our senior living environments so all the way up the continuum in terms of the types of people and families that I've worked with I've provided individual group counseling and 
Then I started working with the teen population. Okay. Now, I've been doing social work for 25 years, so there was a time when I was a lot younger. And at that time, <laughs> they wanted me to work with the teen population. Working with the teen population was very gratifying at the time, and I was able to connect with them. I was in Washington, D.C., working with our teen population, and working with those children who were involved with the foster care system. And so when they were in crisis, they called me. Okay. This is back in the pager days. So I would get a page saying, come here, go there. This child has run away. Let's go find them. This child is in crisis, having trouble communicating with their foster family, having trouble with their um, biological family, and we need you to come provide an intervention. So when you say they would call you, the agency would reach out to the you? The agency, the family, and sometimes the children when okay. they were in need. Right. So I would go. I would go and do the services that we were rendering, but I would also go to court with them. And it was important to go to court with them because they had an attorney and they had someone that would speak on their behalf, but that person wasn't in the trenches with them. Mm. That person wasn't receiving those phone calls. That person was not diffusing situations. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, as the social worker, let me go and let me tell the judge what's going on and let this judge know that they are ready to be reunified or that they are not, whatever the situation was. But the judge didn't want to hear from me. Mm. The judge wanted to hear from the attorney. And after going before judges and feeling as if I wasn't being heard on a number of occasions, I sat back and tried to figure out what I could do to change it. Okay. Change is important. You have to be an agent of change. And so thinking of what I could do, I decided I'll go back to law school. I'll come back before this judge. I will be a better advocate for my clients because I'll be a social worker and an attorney. And as an attorney, they would have to listen to me. So that's what I did. I went back to law school. I got my Juris Doctorate degree here in Cleveland at Cleveland Marshall College of Law. I received my Juris Doctorate degree, and my plan was to go back before those judges and be that advocate for our families and our children. I love that. I love your story, Joy. Joy, I've known you for years, and I never knew that that mm -hmm. was the motivation behind it, right? Absolutely. So I remember when you were in high school and you graduated from high school yes. and then went away to college and was doing the whole social work piece. Mm -hmm. And then I remember when you went to law school to become an attorney but I didn't know the why behind it mm -hmm. and that just gives your story that much more validity yes. and that much more punch because mm -hmm. um, as a judge mm -hmm. when you become that judge in the domestic relations court you can understand the social worker's point of view mm -hmm. you can understand the attorney's point of view and you can understand the children because you work so closely with Absolutely. them. Absolutely and that's important. It's important to understand the players before you. Okay. When people come before you, if you don't understand what services look like, if you don't understand what families go through, it's difficult to rule. Yeah. Or you may rule, but not uh, genuinely, you know? Yeah, because you don't have the whole piece of the mm -hmm. pie. So when you're re ruling, you're just looking at this one little piece of the pie. Absolutely. Not knowing how the children are affected, how the family are affected, how the family members are affected. How exactly. The siblings, you know, so it's a whole piece of the pie. Divorce affects the entire family. And not just the family, but it impacts our entire community. Because if you are the product of a divorce... How were you treated? How did you feel? How were your issues addressed? When people separate, 
you're separating not only physically, but you're separating emotionally yes. and financially. Yes. And you have to be able to properly address that. And that's something that we want to see in domestic relations court. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. We haven't even got into vote for her yet. We still find her background and her history. Okay, so you went to school for social work. You finished that. Then you went to school for um, to be an attorney. So yes. then now what are you doing? We're, how old are we around about now? Well, we were still in our late 20s, early 30s. Right. So we okay. have a, a few more years okay. to go. Okay. The social work and law degrees they intertwine very, very well um, when you're working with families. I bet. And so I started my career at the Cuyahoga County Public Defender's Office. The Defender's Office is, is really important in this race or in races in general because most of your attorneys who take the bench don't come from a defense perspective. I have been with the Cuyahoga County Public Defender's Office as a trial attorney. So I've been in trial pretty much every day. Every day we are battling issues that impact our, our community. Um, I spent a lot of our time or a lot of my time in our office working with our abuse, neglect, and dependency docket. And that's the docket where the parents the parents need representation, and I represented parents who were fighting for custody of their children. They're fighting over child support issues, over custody, over visitation, wanting to be the parent, but being told that for one reason or another, they have done something that would not suggest that they should be in that parental role. Okay. And so I have to listen to my parents and argue on their behalf. and work with those social workers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but see working with those social workers was different for me because I know what to look for yeah I know what I did when I had children who were facing those issues right. and when I worked with those parents who had those issues right. and so that that was very 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 important but those are the kind of cases that we also deal with in domestic relations court and I don't want to jump ahead but Family matters are what are addressed in domestic relations court, which is our family court here in Cuyahoga County. So I worked with that abuse, neglect, and dependency docket at the public defender's office. But I did more at the public defender's office. In addition to that, I represented juveniles with delinquency matters. Okay. Delinquency matters that oftentimes stem from family matters. Mm. When there are issues going on that are unaddressed, that oftentimes leads us to the delinquency as well as the criminal justice system. And it's ironic that you would bring that up because when you talk about that, we see that in ministry as well, mm -hmm. right? So we see uh, a child stealing from the store and they're saying, oh, this is a bad person, they're stealing, they should know better than stealing, but they don't know he has three siblings at home mm -hmm. who are they don't hungry. Know why. He's, they're hungry, mm -hmm. and this older brother who is 12, 13 years old can't get a job. Only thing that he knows is to go to the store, get something so my brothers and sisters can eat. I've seen it. I've seen it many times. And so, again, we're talking about those behaviors stemming from other familial situations. And so I've represented those juveniles, and even with the juveniles, we have a system that is designed for rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. And so that has always been our goal with our juveniles. 
I represented adults in our criminal matters, from our misdemeanor offenses all the way up to our highest uh, level felony offenses. So again, I've been in the courtroom, I've been practicing for 15 years, I've seen so much from both ends and both avenues. And so the domestic relations court judge, the one who's there now, in the seat is retiring. Okay. And they need someone to fill that seat. And that is when I decided that our community needs someone who is hardworking, someone who is compassionate, and someone who's fair, someone who understands family matters, someone who cares. And that's me, Joy Kennedy. It is you, Joy Kennedy, and I'm so excited. You know what? I have my phone in front of me today. So, you know, we don't normally take questions because I don't always have my glasses on. But for the Facebook viewing audience, if you have any questions for the um, judge candidate, please put your questions in, and I will ask her for you. So we have a few people that are watching right now. So if you have any questions for um, elect Judge Joy Kennedy, we will actually try to, um, try to address those questions questions here today. So I'm really excited to know about your background. So you're married with children. I am. I am. We are actually approaching our 14th year of marriage. I am very, very excited about that because marriage isn't easy. It's not easy, especially in this day and age and the things that are going on in our society. And I know that it takes a lot of work to keep a marriage together. So that certainly tells me that if anyone comes before my um, desire, which is to be the judge in domestic relations court, if anyone comes before that court, they have already gone through the why did we get married and why do we not want to be in that situation mm -hmm. anymore. And so that's important. Yeah. But I have been married. It's going on 14 years to my lovely or wonderful or handsome husband, Antoine <laughs> All of the Kennedy. Above. All of the above. Antoine Kennedy. He is an entrepreneur. He is um, working with the Cleveland Municipal School District right now. He enjoys working with children. And he also enjoys cooking. Okay. And I enjoy eating. And that's a great pair. <laughs> a we, match made we, in heaven. Exactly. We do very well together. I also have two young boys. They are Isaiah, who is 11. He'll be 12 next week. Uh -huh. And Austin, who is 9 and will be 10 okay. in a couple of weeks. They are beautiful boys. They are well well-behaved and well-intentioned and very inquisitive for their ages. Yeah. So my young Austin is asking every day, are you going to another meeting, Mom? Can I go to the meeting? When are you coming back from your meetings? And I was just telling him yesterday that I go to all of these meetings so that I can make a better way for us awesome. as a family, but not just us, mm -hmm. for us as a community, because we need people in positions that are going to care for and treasure our community. So I tell him that, and I don't know if it sinks in yet, but I do know that if he repeats anything that I say, then those are the words that he will share with others. Amen. That's amazing. So you're married with children. That's awesome. And being um, married 14 years with two young boys, how is that looking for you when you're out here campaigning? It is crazy. <laughs> if, if we can put it in Let simple terms. Let the truth terms, be told. That it's crazy. That is the truth. But 
a strong marriage is important. And so we sat down and we talked about, is now the time to run? Mm -hmm. We agreed that it was. We agreed that together, if we work together, we can make sure that all aspects of our lives are still maintained. We're talking about homework. The boys have homework every night. They must read. Reading is very, very important. And even when I am away, I am calling home to make sure, did you read? Did you get your reading done? But it actually warms my heart to know that they enjoy it. This morning, they read in the morning. They read every morning, 30 minutes in the morning. You read in the evening, but you also complete your homework assignments. So this morning, my son Austin is reading, and I just hear his giggle. I hear his laugh. He's laughing at what he's reading in his book and I asked him what what was so funny what what are you reading about and he tells me and I have no idea of what he's talking about but um, the fact that he enjoys reading and he's laughing because he's reading and not because he's watching a video or playing a game it warms my heart and it's good to know that we are keeping them engaged even when we're both very busy that's awesome and I love the fact that you have them read for 30 minutes a day because readers are leaders we've always been taught that Mm -hmm. you know coming up that readers are leaders and it's important to like to read Mm -hmm. because that's where the details are the Mm -hmm. devil is in the details and being an attorney I read a lot a lot I used to read more for pleasure but not so much anymore I would go to the bookstore and grab two or three books at a time and and be excited to find out what that plot entailed but right now I'm reading a lot more legal Mm -hmm. legal reading so that um I can stay on top of what's going on in our community. And that's very important. So that's you in a nutshell. Anything you want to share our view, with our viewing audience before we go into this journey leading up to judge? Well, I would like to say I was finishing up just talking about family. So we decided that we, w- we would run because uh-huh. it's not just me running. It's us. It's my boys. It's my husband. It's my parents and my uh, parents and on both sides, Mm -hmm. his parents, my parents, everyone is pitching in and I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful to have people with me every night as I go out on this trail. I'm so grateful that I can call home and things are taken care of there and that we can reach out to our fraternities and sororities and get help even from those people because together this village this village can make a change yes and we're excited about the change that you're gonna make so we know a little bit about you you went to Shaw High School yes mighty cardinal you were went to HBCU historically black college the real HU then you also went back to school to get your law degree Mm -hmm. and all of that because as a social worker you seen that there was some gaps in the system absolutely absolutely um we need to empower our social work village Mm -hmm. they need to know that they have the support when they go to court okay i didn't feel that way i did not feel that way and i felt that the only way to do it was to go back and get that law degree i think it was an empowering piece for me because i won't say no one but i felt like i wasn't heard okay without it okay and so being that voice makes a difference yes it does and my desire is to make a difference in someone's life 
and I try and do that each and every day. That's awesome. So as the Cuyahoga County Public Defender, mm -hmm. when you were at the office, you talked about working with the abuse, neglect, and dependency. And what other departments did you work with while you were there? Uh, that's in our juvenile division, the okay. abuse, neglect, and dependency docket. But I also worked in our felony division. Okay. And in that felony division, that's where we represented individuals who are charged with felony offenses. And it can be low-level felony offenses all the way up to the highest, which includes our rapes, our robberies, and our murders. And again, a lot of the issues that land themselves before the criminal court stem from family matters. Mm -hmm. So another piece that I'll share with you is that in 2008, I lost a very, very close gem my grandmother. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was my heart and my soul, and I was that to her as well. Yes. At least that's, that's what I want to believe. Okay, I was her only granddaughter. And when I came back to go to law school, she was in a nursing home. She was dealing with Alzheimer's. Right. And as a patient in a facility, you need an advocate. Yes. So of course, I was her advocate. I would go to her nursing home in the evenings after law school. I would braid her hair. I would feed her. I would bring her clothes. I would take her clothes home and wash them. I would meet at those care coordination meetings as right. well because she needed an advocate there. But then her, her, her medical condition continued to decline. And when it began to decline, um, it was difficult for the family. Yes. It was difficult. She only had one son, which is my dad, only one granddaughter, and on, only one grandson, my brother and I, as her grandchildren. And so as her advocate, I had to do what I felt was important for her. Um, when she passed away, we realized that she didn't have the important documents that she needed. We're talking the will, the living will, the power of attorney, the documents that would help her family in her time of need and in her time of transition. So mm -hmm. I started my own practice. Yeah. I started my own practice again because I felt that there was a need in our community and how or who best to address it than me. Right. I just believe that if you can help in any way, just do that. Right. And so I started a practice where I started working with the estate planning documents for people. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to get their house in order. And that's what I titled my seminar. So I went to many churches and many other facilities to just talk to the community. Talk with the community about the need to get your house in order and preparing those documents. And so out of that, we're talking about putting your house in order and then somehow we started talking about divorces, divorces and dissolutions. And I would meet with people who had been married for 25, 30 years, but estranged from their spouse. They hadn't been together. And now you wanna write a, an, a a plan for your estate, but you have a wife that right. you haven't connected right. with. So yeah. how do we resolve this? So yeah. it began to spiral. So those same people that I was speaking with about estate planning measures and um, probate issues for their family mm -hmm. started talking to me about divorce. And so that grew into my practice of handling cases in our domestic relations court. So this started back in 2008 mm -hmm. in terms of going to our domestic relations court, handling cases there, resolving family matters, and getting people to put their lives in order so that they can move forward. Because divorces are, 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 are 
very emotionally charging situations. And our families, our individuals, they separate sometimes because they don't want to go in front of the court and deal with those matters. Mm -hmm. They would rather be separated for 15, 20, 25 years than to go and deal head on with the issues that you need to deal with in domestic relations court. So that's where I started dealing with domestic relations issues back in 2008. And so since then, I've handled so many cases in that court, resolved so many matters for families in domestic relations court. So I've been in front of that court for many, many years. I've been practicing there. I've been resolving cases. And once I realized that there was an open seat there, again, as I've done in the past, I've saw a need sought after it and gone for it because they need someone to bring diversity to the bench. Amen. And diversity doesn't mean color alone. Mm -hmm. Someone with different ideals, different thought patterns, dif different training, and different backgrounds. I have been trained to resolve family matters. Trained. I didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a judge. <laughs> I've been putting in the work for all of my years. I have been trained as a social worker. I've been trained as an attorney. And I've wed those two throughout my career. Yes, and you've done such an awesome job. I know personally you've done paperwork for my family with the a living will, the trust, the, the medical power of attorney and all of those yes, things. Yes. So we appreciate the work that you've done in the community, right? Yes. And I love the fact that you see that there's a need and you be the answer. You Absolutely. know, so many times we're looking for an answer. Not once do we say, you know what, I can become that answer. You have to, and you have to reach out to those that you know in the community. So I've talked with many attorneys who practice in that particular area before I just jumped in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've taken many, many classes in terms of continuing legal education classes. And it even got to the point where I started teaching continuing legal education courses that are um, sponsored or through the Guardian at Lightum project, right, which uh -huh. is through the Cleveland Metropolitan Bar Association. I taught a class on cultural competence and working with families in our juvenile as well as our domestic relations court. It's so important to know what you're working with or what issues will come before you. And they're important because you will encounter so many different backgrounds, right. so many different challenges to who you are. And we have to be cognizant of our prejudices because if we are not, we can terribly, terribly impact our, our families. And so I've taught those courses. I've taken courses. I've worked in that court. I've conferred with the attorneys who've worked there. I've joined legal groups just so that I can stay abreast on the changing laws and be prepared when I practice not only in that court, but in any court that I practice in. And that's amazing because the whole diversity piece, I love when you said that diversity is not just the color of our skin. Absolutely Diversity not. is our ideals, our thoughts, our prejudice our life experiences, everything that we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And as a judge, I think it's very important that you be able to separate your personal mm -hmm. experience, no matter how great they are, mm -hmm. from the people that are sitting in front of you because everybody's experiences is different. So somebody that comes from a quote-unquote good home and the way that they act out, somebody that was raised in foster care, it would look totally different. Absolutely, absolutely. And the family dynamics are so important. If you haven't been engaged in various 
activities in the community, mm -hmm. professionally, educationally, then your 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 vision can be skewed. Yeah, it can be skewed. Yes. And as I share with you, I've worked with our babies and with the population. So parents who have babies have a entirely different need or issue before the court than parents who have 17 year olds. True. They're different, especially when you're talking about visitation. When you've worked with those families, you've heard their issues firsthand. Mm -hmm. You've heard their issues firsthand. And we also know that even when you are going through a divorce and you're coming through the court and you have other family matters that have been working throughout your marriage that are pressing, it could be caring for an aged parent. I've worked with that population as well. Yeah. I've spent time with our hospice of the Western Reserve, working with those those patients who are dealing with divorces even then, mm -hmm. who are dealing with estate planning issues even then. It doesn't stop. Divorce doesn't have an age. That's so true. And the fact that you have worked every gamut of mm -hmm. the whole family just gives you that much more validity, just mm -hmm. gives you that much more knowledge of what people might be facing mm -hmm. from working with the children, you know, via social work, from working with the teenagers, to the story with your grandmother and being an advocate for her as she was um, having dementia issues yes. to, you know, just all the different facets. And I think when you bring someone like you to the seat of judge, you're more apt, more real rounded mm -hmm. to be an advocate for all people that comes in front of you. And that's so important because everybody won't have those skills. Everybody wasn't a social worker. Mm -hmm. Everybody was an attorney. Everybody didn't take the time out to find out the legal documents that people need to move forward and be productive in life. And let alone deal with the aging parent for you it wasn't an aging parent it was an aging grandparent but just the whole experience is the same no matter if it's your parent or your grandparent sure it, it's a lot and I do want to add that the social work background is is very unique in terms of what I bring to the bench but social work doesn't always mean that there is a problem. True. Right? Mm -hmm. Everyone doesn't need counseling. True. Everyone doesn't need services for alcohol or drug addiction. Everyone doesn't need that. But what I have, though, is the ability to resolve these matters in a, a an efficient way. You okay. want someone who has that eye and that ability. Because in domestic relations court, there aren't just the social work issues, right? Mm -hmm. You have bigger issues. You have money. You have the money. And you have people with a lot of money that are wondering, how do we divide this up mm -hmm. in a fair and an equitable way? Right. And having handled those cases, I've had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. You have real estate. Real estate and the division of that. How do we divide this real estate? What's the best way to do that? And who can move this case through the process? without offering social services as an answer. And I believe that I can do that from my experience of working in that court. You have spousal support issues. People who come are mad sometimes because I want this <laughs> and I want it now. Yes. And so it's being able to deal with the different personalities mm -hmm. that come before you, the different needs and wants that come before you, and being able to determine what is important what is important to the family? Right. What is important 
to the resolution of this case? And how can we resolve these cases in a way that will move these families forward? And that's awesome because the training, like you said, your training and your background has prepared you for such a time as this. That's Absolutely. how I look at it, right? Mm -hmm. So your training and your background has prepared you for such a time as this. And being prepared, the training, the um, classes that you've taught to be able to help people. So when they're coming, you're just not making, I would say, a decision. You're making an educated decision. You're Absolutely. making a decision Absolutely. based on the experience that you've had, listening to what the people have to say that come before you, and then taking all of that and filtering it through and coming up with something that's going to be the greater good for everybody that's involved. Exactly, exactly. And I always say that when parties come before you for a divorce, it's not just them. Mm. It's not just them. Most times, they're our family members. They're the children. They're the offspring. Those are the ones who are also impacted by that. So you have to look at a big picture. Yeah, a big picture. That's very important. So we've been 30 minutes into this. Woo-woo, time goes so yes. fast. So I just want you to give a quick little a commercial, please, for Vote For You, and then we'll keep on talking. Well, our early voting has started here in Cuyahoga County, and... If you are an early voter, then I say go down to the Board of Elections and vote for me, Joy Kennedy. I am on that ballot for Domestic Relations Court in Cuyahoga County. So that's throughout Cuyahoga County. So when you vote on March 17th, if you are in Cuyahoga County, you will see Joy Kennedy on that ballot. And if you're looking for someone who is hardworking, someone who's compassionate, someone who's experienced, and someone who will be fair, Consider and vote for Joy Kennedy. Awesome. I know I am. <laughs> Not because I know her personally. I am because I believe that she's the most qualified candidate. So when we are voting, you know, a lot of times, and we're just going to talk about how people perceive voting and the whole election process, right? So a lot of times people think, well, I'm just not going to vote because it doesn't matter anyway. I want you to talk to people who have that mindset, have that perception. I'm just not going to vote because it doesn't matter anyway. Essentially, a no vote is a vote for someone else. And so it's important that we take the time to listen to and get to know our candidates. There is my website, which is www.joykennedyforjudge.com, and you can find background information about me. But other candidates in other races have similar sites and similar information out there. You want to get to know your candidates before you vote. It's I, important. It's very important. I think it's very important because I'm not just voting for you, I'm voting for your platform. Absolutely. So when I'm voting for your platform, how can I vote for your platform if I don't know what your platform is? And you want to find someone who can identify with some of the things that impact your life right. or the lives of right. the community the people around you. So many people don't go to domestic relations court, right. right? We get married to stay out of domestic relations court. But if you go to domestic relations court or someone that you know, we can raise our hands by a show of hands. Do you know someone who has gone through a divorce or a dissolution? And I'm pretty sure one in two people can say they have, especially given the divorce rate that we are experiencing right now. 
but you want someone who's going to be fair. And what I've heard in being out on this campaign trail is that a lot of men are afraid afraid to go before the court because they do not feel that they have been treated fairly over the years. And it, it, it is either from what they've heard from someone else or from what they have experienced in their own matters. And I will say that it is so important for fathers to be present. It is so important for fathers to be heard, and it is even more important for fathers to be involved in the lives of their children. I would stop and pause right there for a minute because that is so important. And me personally, I just feel like that's affecting our community on grand scales. Um, I am the pastor of New Beginnings Ministries, and I also work with our teens at church. Mm -hmm. And just to hear the young men talk about the absence of their fathers in their lives is just heartbreaking to me. Mm -hmm. And to know that, you know, men, we need to step up. Mm, I, I raised my nephew and um, when I was raising him before I got married and I would always tell him I can't teach you how to be a man but I can teach you how to be a gentleman mm -hmm. right because it takes a man to teach you how to be a man and with that being said even if they're not your quote unquote children just to be a father figure in a boy's life right now could, it could just change his whole trajectory I agree I agree because men bring something different to the table they, ha they can identify differently with men. I am blessed to have a husband and a present, present father, very present. He is very engaged with his children and I can respect him wholeheartedly for that. But we wanna make sure that other men are involved as well. And the fear though from a lot of men is the child support. Yeah, because you said men feel like they're not being treated fairly when they come mm -hmm. to the domestic court system. Um, so go ahead. And you have to listen to that, to hear that. Some others may say, that's not fair. We treat everybody equally. But if someone is telling you this, they're telling you what they feel. And you don't want people to leave this court feeling as if they are treated unfairly. I think it's important to listen to the people that come before the court. So what I would like to do, if elected as judge, is to make this court much more family friendly. Family friendly. Educate, educate, and educate. In order to have someone to communicate with you, you have to educate them. Yeah. Don't feel afraid. Don't be scared. Don't feel like the hammer is going to come down on you. Because when we talk about the laws that govern our cases, uh -huh. they should be equal. Mm -hmm. They should be equal. They should equally impact our mothers as well as our fathers. Mm -hmm. Mothers and fathers should both care for physically. I'm not talking financially, but physically care for our children. Yeah. And so when we both do that, mothers and, and fathers, fathers. Yes. and we both contribute financially, we will have a much better and well-rounded child. Yeah, and that's important. So those, okay, I know we talked about um, the domestic relations court and divorce is one of the things that you would um, yes. hear. Mm -hmm. um, child support is one of the things that you would hear. Mm -hmm. um, what are some, custody? Yeah, so this is our family court. Okay. Family court titled our domestic relations court handles those issues regard, regarding those family matters. Okay. So for clarity purposes, 
domestic relations is where people are going for their divorces, their di disillusions, their separation agreements. Mm -hmm. So when you have parents and they have children but they are not married, then that matter is handled in our juvenile court. Mm. So this is for those families who are now experiencing crisis in their marriage, and they're looking to resolve or dissolve their marriages, and you go before that domestic relations court. Okay, so if you're not married, you go to the juvenile court. That's where those matters are handled. And those matters are the kind of cases I handled in our abuse, neglect, and dependency docket. Okay. So for those families, because they weren't married and they were dealing with additional issues of abuse, neglect, or dependency in the in the juvenile court. Well, that's good. I got some clarity here today. So I learned something. I love to learn something every single day. Absolutely. And what I want to add, though, is about domestic violence. Okay. So for clarity purposes, domestic violence is a criminal matter. Okay. Typically. Now, there are some issues that will come before the domestic relations court um, when you're dealing with those married relationships mm -hmm. but if it is a straight up crime and it is domestic violence that is a criminal offense that is handled in our criminal court okay there are some issues that are handled in domestic relations court relating to those domestic violence situations but our criminal matters are handled in our criminal court. And so I want to be clear on that. Yeah. If there is a domestic relations or a domestic violence issue that occurs involving some families involved in that court, it may come before that court initially. Mm -hmm. But if it is a criminal offense, that matter is then handled in our criminal court. So when those kind of cases come up in the domestic relations court, you hear the initial... There are... Uh, magistrates or judges who hear some of the initial matters but if it is a criminal matter that must be prosecuted as a criminal offense that goes to our criminal court all right i love it i love it i hope mm -hmm. y'all learned something today i learned something i didn't know that i thought any family matters will be taken care of in domestic relationship court but if it's uh, criminal it goes into the that is correct okay that is correct that. but we have domestic violence situations in our marriages mm -hmm. I, I don't want mm -hmm. to negate that i don't want to forget that and i don't want to misspeak as it relates to that when those matters arise they may come before the domestic relations court but our criminal matters are handled in our criminal court. All right, that is good to know, good to know. As you all know, we're here today. Our guest is Judge, soon to be, Joy Kennedy. She's running for judge for the Domestic Relations Court. And our conversation today is just getting to know her, getting to know her platform, what it is she believes, what she stands on, and her history, so we can have a better understanding of who we're voting for. Yes. And we was just talking about the importance of knowing the candidate's platform. She gave her website, which is Joy Kennedy for Judge, not the letter for the F O R Judge at dot com. Yes, joykennedyforjudge.com. Joy Kennedy for Judge. So you can go there and read about the platform. So before we went off on our rabbit trail, we was just talking about how important it is to know the platform of the candidate. Absolutely. And then I made up, a, I brought up a point about people not voting, saying, I'm just not going to vote because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. And you was explaining that. Then we went on a rabbit trail about well, the domestic violence. I'll just say that voting is very important. Mm -hmm. And our elections oftentimes are very close. Mm -hmm. I've seen elections where we're down to six votes and that's when you may get a recount but swinging in one way or the other every single vote 
matters. Mm -hmm. And I encourage each and every one of you to exercise your right to vote. For so many years, many people, many races, many sexes were prohibited. Women couldn't vote. African Americans couldn't vote. We have that right now. We all have the right to vote. And so exercise that vote. Engage in what's going on in your community and vote. We have to get to know the platform of those individuals who are out there running and choose based on how they best identify with us. When you do that, then you have a stake in the game. You have a position and you can hold those leaders accountable saying, I vote, I voted for you. I voted for you because you said you would do this or you believed in that. And then see how their rulings or their decisions match what they said. Hold our leaders accountable and make your vote count. Yes, it's so important because when we have change agents, it's good for somebody to come along that's new and fresh, new and fresh ideas, new and fresh perspective, different ways of looking at the same old issues. And we as African-Americans, I'm just going to make it personal, we as African-Americans, we have to vote. I always think about the fact that somebody died for me to have that right. And if I don't take advantage of that right, shame on me Absolutely. for not taking advantage of that right, knowing that our ancestors ancestors died, our ancestors marched, our ancestors picketed so we can have that right. And it's amazing now this is February and everybody is talking about black history and I remember um, looking at a post this morning saying black history is American history. The only difference is they took the black part out, right? <laughs> so we was right there the whole time and for the powers that be didn't choose to put our history in the history books so we had to go out on our own and find out all about it. So today this is history History, the flat fact that we can have African Americans, not just African American, the African American female running for judge is a awesome thing in an awesome time. It is, it is, and it, it's not an easy is not an easy task at all. It's amazing the things that you hear on the campaign trail. Mm. It's amazing how people treat you on the campaign trail as if you have no right to be here. I've been asked, why are you here? Why don't you get out of this race? Why don't you run in a different race? Why can't I be here where I'm needed? Yes. Where I can bring change and diversity? Yes. Why is it better suited for someone else? I was even told that, um, well, this is your first time running. We'll help you next time. <laughs> or Jesus. you'll win next go round as if I have to pay my dues and um, never have an opportunity to win your first go round. So I'm in it to win it. I'm fighting to win. I'm running to win. And I plan to win. Amen. I plan Amen. to win. And we are excited about that. And just the fact that, you know, a lot of times you're running for a race in politics and the the powers that be or the behind the scene things that you have to go through to keep your head up, to show up for these interviews, to smile, to speak your truth and yes. speak your peace and then to continue 
continue to move on. I'm sure it's not an easy task, no. but we're going to be praying for you. We're going to pray your strength in the Lord. We know that God has called you for such a time as this, and we're going to back you in everything that you do because we believe in your platform. I appreciate that, and I am a praying woman, very prayerful, morning, noon, and night. I am a member of Antioch Baptist Church, and my husband and I have been at Antioch for about 16 years. We were married there. Our children were blessed there, and the church is amazing. The church is amazing, and you have to have a spiritual grounding, a spiritual basis, and put on your coat of armor each and every day and be ready for all of the things that are thrown at you. I feel like I wake up and I wonder, what am I going to be hit with today? And I want to watch it just run right down me as I keep going, going as, if, as if I have a force field like they did in the games back in the day that we used to play, like the Atari games. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have a force field around me that is just shielding me from harm because I'm forging ahead. I have to do this. You have to. You have to know what you're called to do. Mm -hmm. And it's ironic you would say that because me and my husband, we, I mean, just being in ministry, being in a leadership position in any capacity, there's always going to be opinions. There's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people something that you say. So we have like a little joke how we deal with it. And our little joke, we say um, we're going to be like a duck. And anything that somebody say that we don't want to deal with, we're just going to let it roll off like water yes. on a duck's back. Uh -huh. So when we have something to say and, and somebody says something, and I'm coming home and I'm venting about it and he'd be like quack quack and normally quack quack is supposed to be our trick word oh we're not gonna deal with that so something happened to me one day and he was like quack quack I was like no but I don't appreciate this and I don't appreciate that and this person said this and he was like quack quack I was like I don't want to quack quack today I want to <laughs> deal with this I want to you know but you have to be like a duck and say quack quack and let those things roll off of you and knowing that you have the power of the Holy Spirit to help give you a supernatural strength to deal with these things in this natural world is just gonna help you be even that much better absolutely you have to just have to relax and let God take control yeah that's amazing so give your um, plea for um, voting again absolutely we got like 10 more minutes 10 minutes close. and I want to say for the entire 10 minutes to vote for Joy Kennedy <laughs> vote for Joy Kennedy and vote for Joy Kennedy I am a candidate for the, the Cuyahoga County Domestic Relations Court I am on that ballot. If you're an early voter and headed down to the Board of Elections between now and March 17th, cast your vote for someone who is hardworking, someone who is compassionate, someone who is fair. If you choose to vote on March 17th, that is fine, too, because I'll take your vote on that day as well. At that time, vote for me, Joy Kennedy, the next judge of the Cuyahoga County Domestic Relations Court. Well, we're excited to have been have able to have this interview with um, the future judge, Joy Kennedy, to talk about some of the platforms that she believe in. We hope that you learned something today. I know that I learned something today. And as Christian networking entrepreneurs, we talk to community leaders like Joy today. We talk to emerging entrepreneurs because we want to give you some tips and tricks on how to advance in your business. And we also talk to small business owners. So we talk to those change agents here every third Thursday at 10 o'clock. We also have a networking event every quarter. So our next networking event is in March. If you're interested, shoot us an email, info at mynewbeginnings.org, info at mynewbeginningnos.org. Or you can give me a call. My number is area code 216 
216-466-3801. Now, if you do give me a call, that is my cell phone number. Leave a message. If you don't leave a message, I won't call you back. So if you leave me a message, I will call you back. We are very touchable, very approachable, and we want to make a difference in the world today. So again, I hope you learned something about the whole domestic court process. And Joy, I'm going to give you the last five minutes to do your closing remark, and then I'll close for the show. Oh, my. Um, Anything where do you want I... us to walk away with? Anything you want us to know about you? Well, let's see what I can cram into five minutes. Okay. Um, the Domestic Relations Court has a help center. Okay. And that help center is where our unrepresented clients or litigants will go if they want to get some direction or some course of action that they want to take and they need help with it. Okay. I believe that that is an excellent, excellent, excellent center that we need. And I want to enhance that if elected to the bench. Okay. I want to enhance the help center because a lot of people cannot afford to pay for an attorney. I was just going to ask you, so the help center, give us a little more background about and so it. So when you go to domestic relations court, you can represent yourself. Okay. You can print forms offline, but you may have questions. You may not understand something. You need trained individuals in the help center to assist you. Okay. And so when I say enhance, I want to enhance it with additional support for individuals, additional people there that you can talk to to get help. This is not where you go for uh, legal advice or an attorney, but this is where you go for help, and we need that. As a public defender, I've represented people who were unable to afford the cost of an attorney, and I can absolutely understand that in terms of finances. Mm -hmm. But in domestic relations court, you don't have that. You don't have the entitlement to an attorney. Okay. So you will not be automatically assigned an attorney for your cases in domestic relations court. So you may have to figure out how to do it. You want a divorce, but you can't afford to do it. Attorneys can charge anywhere from 200, 300, whatever they feel they're worth to be representing someone in that court. Right. So if you can't afford it, but you still want a divorce, I encourage you to stop by the help center. But I want to make sure that that center provides the right kind of services. So I just wanted to add that that's, that is something that I think is very important for domestic relations court. And then the help center is one, but I also believe that the Families First program is a grant-funded program that is awesome. It is a program that can provide assessments and services for individuals who come before that court. Because again, we go to this court in crisis. Mm -hmm. What brought us to the court? Right. What is that crisis? Are we having a mental health break, breakdown? Are we having issues with drugs and alcohol, addiction needs that haven't been met? That program assesses individuals and connects them to services. That's important. That may be the reason why you're before that court to begin with. Now, the purpose is not to say, oh, let's not have a divorce anymore. Right, right. But it is to make our families better. They need to be better when they move forward yes. and if there are drugs alcohol addiction anger management issues help the families help themselves so that the kids get what they need so I just wanted to say that I wanted to say that being a judge is a position of service okay you serve the community yes it is not a position of entitlement and many people use it as a position of entitlement 
right? They do. So you want to elect someone who already knows that coming in the door, that I, if elected as judge, will be working for the community. I'm not working for myself. I'm not working for one entity, but I would be working for the community if elected to be that judge. That is amazing, and I, I think that it's really good that we're getting this out before we close today, but the Family First program is something that is needed. Absolutely, absolutely. This court has to educate and connect to services, mm -hmm. to resources, right? Because some family may say, I don't need services, but we can educate you on some other things. Yeah, because the Family First, if you can get the education that you need to know how to navigate through the process, then you may even not need to go through a divorce or delusion or what mm -hmm. have you. And then with the Help Center, if you do decide, okay, yes, this needs to stop. We're not going to go on in this vein any longer. But the Help Center, so you can be educated with the tools and the resources that you need so you can move forward in an educated manner that's going to help you and your family. Absolutely, absolutely. I believe in our domestic relations court. Our court is doing an awesome job right now and I would like to enhance that. Awesome. I would like to enhance that. Well, thank you so much, thank you. Joy, for being a guest here today on Christian Networking Entrepreneurs. Thank and you. thank you so much for viewing today. We appreciate you. So again, I'm Pastor T representing New Beginnings Ministries. Our outreach is Christian Networking Entrepreneurs. And Christian Networking Entrepreneurs, we have this platform here on KAZ Radio TV where we come once a month and we talk to a small business owner. We talk to an emerging entrepreneur or we talk to a community leader like today. We also have a networking event that we hold quarterly. So the next networking event is March the 26th at the Garfield Heights Library. It'll start at 6.30 and it's over at 8.30 and all are welcome to come. So we'll have some information about that. If you want to call us about being a guest on the show, being a sponsor for a networking event, or being a vendor at a networking event, we welcome you to contact us. You can shoot us an email at info at mynewbeginning.org, info at mynewbeginning.org, or you can give me a call, area code 216-466-3801. Again, thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you don't network, you don't work. I'm Pastor T. See you later.